This is Latour Live with Dave Latour on News Radio WHP 580. All right, and welcome to Latour Live as we tape live from the Latour Studios here in Harrisburg, <laughs> Pennsylvania. It is raining outside, but what else can we expect from Central Pennsylvania? And live via satellite from who knows where. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of the show, Mr. Dave Latour. Dave, take it away, buddy. How's everybody doing? Doing uh, good. Doing good, Parsi. Is this a great day for radio in rainy Central PA? Uh, you know, it's an okay day for radio with with the rain and everything. But where is uh, D. Latee? I am uh, looking out the window of Sun Valley Resort in Sun Valley, Idaho, at the rolling <laughs> mountains. I mean, it has been sunny and perfect all week long, right around 75 to 78 degrees. Enjoyed a fantastic round of golf on Monday, and then I've been in a conference uh, the last two days. Uh, enjoying some great barbecue out here, too, guys. Do you have time for a radio show? Do you have time? <laughs> do you really want to do this? Yeah, I think so. I think the radio show fits in. It allows me to duck out of the conference, quite frankly, for an hour and and do something that I would prefer to do, which is the show, because quite frankly, I enjoy being on air with a central Pennsylvania radio icon like yourself, Frank. Is weed uh, weed legal in Idaho? Because it sounds like you smoke some. (laughs) No, (laughs) weed. Do I sound a little rough? You sound like you're saying, hey, man, I'm like in an Idaho state yeah. of mind. Like you're forcing oh, no. it. It's called forcing. No, it's, it, no, I just have had a few long nights here and, you know, adjusting to sleep patterns and things like that. Like, you know, I love that line. Sleep patterns. Adjusting to sleep patterns. Is that the biggest yeah. crutch line you've ever heard? It's a two-hour delay, right? It's two <laughs> I'm, hours earlier. I'm a, yeah, hey. yeah, we're, yeah, I'm two hours behind you guys right now. So, you know, the first night here... Uh, yeah, this is a conference I go to every year, and you look forward to seeing buddies from all over the country that you keep in touch with, with text mess, through text messaging but never see in person. Well, one of my favorite uh, buddies here had to really just turn around in one day and fly back to South Carolina because of Hurricane Florence, wow. having to prepare for his family. So we just tore it up on Monday night, and uh, suffice it to say, at 48 years old, I didn't adapt very well. Um, to the conference festivities oh, on well. Tuesday. So the sleep so now, the sleep pattern well, Frank, line the, the sleep pattern line's not accurate. Then. Is that what you're telling us, Frank? Frank, I'm not done. So oh, you were done last night. Last <laughs> last night was a short night. Last night was an early night. So I go to bed. I'm asleep around ten o'clock, and then I wake up in the middle of the night, and I can't go back to sleep. So it's just been, you know, it's been rough. It's 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 difficult adapting to life at a resort in Sun Valley, Idaho. But I want you guys to know I'm hanging in there. Well, that's good for you. Good for you, and welcome. Uh, let's get this show going here. We got a big show uh, on tap here today. Um, Dave, you want to talk about our guest who's coming up a little later? Yeah, who the heck is it? I forget. It's it's your guy. It's your it's your guest, Dave. It's your oh, show. Good. I wanted to see. I want to see how you'd react to that. That's Frank. not you true. Too well there. You didn't do too well there. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, ABC 27 meteorologist Dan Tommaso. Uh, Dan's actually a central Pennsylvania native who, believe it or not, actually grew up wanting to be a me- meteorologist. So he has fulfilled his lifelong dream. And we don't really necessarily want to talk to him just about Hurricane Florence. 
just want to talk about what a wacky summer this has been weather-wise and you know what he sees on the horizon and and how quite frankly are we ever going to get to a point where things get normal and there's no rain in central pa because it's been raining there all week right guys why well, yeah, the sun yeah it's um you know in fact i just put my pontoon boat your boat's probably out of the water if it been in one day in two months man am i man am i glad you didn't sell me that boat you know when you were going to buy that boat <laughs> yeah tours boat right the i bet great you probably wouldn't even have had it in a week. Right. It was right after that that, that the weather like hit I, the fan. I think my boat was in probably a week and my boat's put in a position where it's in and it's you know but they had it we had to dry dock it because <laughs> the river's been so freaking high. It's it's when I asked the people at Tri County Boat Club, Barb and John who do a great job of putting it all together down there and keeping everybody happy, they said this is the worst summer. They have ever, ever experienced where all boats were out, like July 10th, out for the rest of the summer. Hey, well, listen, how would you guys like to be? I went to the Penn State pit game on Saturday, and then I flew out Sunday from Pittsburgh. I went to the Penn State pit. It rained all day long, and we sat there in the first half in pouring down cold rain. Ugh. I mean, it was, it, it was the most miserable experience. And then, you know, we left at halftime. Uh, you know, my wife's a Penn State alum, and she's like, what do you want to do? I said, look, you're the Penn State fan. You get two votes here to my one. And, and she said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go, I want to go back to the hotel. And she said, yeah, I do, too. So we watched the second half of there, and then I flew out the next morning. And then, oh, yeah, guess what? Uh, taxiing down the runway in Minneapolis very, very fast, getting ready to take off to get to Salt Lake Uh-oh. City. And the plane swerves off the runway and comes to a stop. They detected a mechanical failure just as we were about to lift off. Wow. So that was alarming. But what kind of know, failure? The, I don't know. But that the good news is is I you know, we were, we didn't get into a plane crash. The bad news is I missed my connection to Sun Valley through Salt Lake. So I either I had a choice. I had I had to wait eight hours for the next flight to take me to Sun Valley. Or I rent a car and drive five hours to Sun Valley. Right. And you drove. I I had lunch for an hour, and then I went downstairs, grabbed my bags, hopped in a car, and drove. And I tell you what, I drove through some of the most beautiful um, areas that 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 I've ever seen. It's kind of crazy to wake up in rainy Pittsburgh, and then by the evening you're driving through sunset, seeing signs to Yellowstone National Park. So it was, right. it was, uh, it was, it was, it was quite a day. Do you have a Miata convertible and have your white pants on and, <laughs> and a hat? No, <laughs> no, I had a Buick Regal. And it was very regal. Did, did you call your buddy at the uh, clothing store? To, hey, what clothier? Hey, what should I wear today? What we should I wear in Sun Valley? We have a little bit of a mist out there. What do you think? Light blue pants. <laughs> Well, I don't have my white pants anymore, but right. I, I am dressed. Uh, I am dressed business uh, 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 business resort. Yeah, you know, I don't even I care. Would call it. So we got five minutes. Do you want to talk about no, the BMW? No, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But Dave, I want to talk about something real quick. And uh, yesterday was nine eleven, and a lot yeah. of people were reflecting on that. It's obviously you know a day that none of us will forget that have lived through it. 
usually every 9-11, Parks, Dave, I don't know how you guys sell, uh, you know, just think about it or, or, or work through it. Um, but I usually at night, I will turn on one of those channels, yes. either the History Channel or, Geo. One, or, or one of the Geo channels where you just watch, like maybe it's the all-day news feed from NBC, right. or maybe it's the documentaries. There's two or three pretty strong documentaries that are on out there. What'd you watch, Frank? I've noticed they're getting less and less. Like there used right. to be like five, ten channels of all coverage, and now it's down to like two or three. Yeah. Um, but boy... Did, time, you, watch, did time, you watch the one that I watched? I, I watched the documentary. I, I forget what it was called. I just have it on, and you just you just get sucked in. Of all, there's so much footage out there yes. of, you know, people reacting to it, looking up, going, "I saw the plane," like doing this and that, or and everything. Um, Dave, I remember. Yeah, go ahead. I, I used to. I remember um, uh, some of the, the cable network news networks. Uh, would replay the media coverage from that day. So MSNBC would replay everything that NBC did that day. Right. Uh, you know, in real time. And yep. I used to watch that kind of stuff, but I have to be honest with you guys, I don't watch it anymore. It's so sickening to me. It's such a, and I get why you watch it because I feel like I have feel to, like though. I feel like, like it's good for me. Stop. Wa- I, no, I'm not arguing with you. You can't stop watching it. But, you know, yesterday, my old boss, Governor Mark Schweiker, uh, was uh, uh, was the uh, was a guest speaker at Shanksville at the site of the uh, National Flight 93 Memorial, and if if anybody if you haven't gone to it, uh, you're missing out. I, I think every American, especially Where? everybody in Pennsylvania, should go to the Flight 93 National Memorial. But Governor Schweiker spoke along with President Trump, and I was just really proud of my old boss. I thought yeah. he delivered one hell of a speech. Um, uh, it, it's always he always delivers it, you know, from his heart, and uh, it, it was moving. And and I just those are the things I try to watch on nine eleven things that look back and reflect and to see how people are now and and how they're reacting now. It's really hard for me to go back and watch the footage of what happened that day. I think everybody remembers exactly where they were, exactly the whole day. The whole day itself was just yeah. so surreal. Even looking up at that beautiful blue sky and seeing not one plane right. when you knew everything was going bad in the world. Yeah. I, I just want to share my story real quick. I was at Wink 104 with the Bruce Bond late afternoon show. That thing hits in the morning. Bruce calls me, says, turn on the TV. And I said, what do you mean? What channel? And he goes, doesn't matter. Just turn it on. It doesn't matter. Right. So I turned yeah. it on. The, the events happened. So then the show comes on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, right? We didn't play any commercials. We didn't play anything, and it was open phone line the whole four hours of that show. Now, when this happened back in 9-11, Internet was still very much in its infancy. Internet was like, drudge was kind of like forming around, but Internet yeah. was still not kind of moving up or developing in any kind of way of like the extent it is now or even 10 years ago. Um but the people that invented that called in, I'll never forget. It was one of the most exhausting days of my life. I went back home to see my wife at, I think, 7.30 or 8 o'clock. And she goes, where are you going? I said, I'm just going to bed. I don't, I don't want to live this day anymore. Right. And I, it, it was just, you know, it was really hard. And if you worked in media, it, it, was, a, it was really a, a really tough day. I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, I worked in the governor's office at the time. And, and uh, we were on the governor's office huddled up you know, doing our thing. But really my memory is a couple of days later, uh, Governor Ridge was supposed to give a 
uh, was supposed to speak at a victim's service for Flight 93. So I went up there to staff it, and I walk in, and there's all the families from Flight 93. And this is two days after Mm. the attack. Maybe a week after. I don't want to say two days. Just a few days after. And I walk in there, and uh, I'll never forget this. I tried to find a seat, and there was one seat, and I'm sitting next to a little girl, and she could have been more than my daughter's age at seven. And uh, she was just laying her head on the lap of a family member, and she just looked lost. And and uh, I just I asked her if she needed anything, and and she said I'd like a coke. And so I went and I found her a coke, and I handed her the coke, and I'll never forget this. She didn't drink it. She just didn't drink it, and I still get kind of choked up over that. Hmm. All right, Dave. Um, coming up next, uh, Dave and I are going to tell Mr. Parks about our BMW Championship with Tiger Woods. Uh, that's coming up next. Uh, you're listening to Latour Live on WHP 580. Now back to Latour Live with Dave and Frank on News Radio WHP 580. All right, we're back with Latour Live. Beautiful day here in central Pennsylvania. <laughs> Dave, so, Parks, here's the deal. What's the deal, Frank? Mr. Latour and I. Dave was very gracious enough to let me tag along as he went down to the BMW Championship uh, last year. I mean, last week uh, down in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. What's that music? Why do you want it for your iPod or your iPad? <laughs> do you want to download it on Napster? No, the the, the bumper music still playing. It's off now. I'm, I saw you that's, bumper music. That's the uh, the Sun Valley, Idaho music on hold on your speakers in your room. There now it's gone. <laughs> Dave, I got to tell you, this is one of the most challenging shows <laughs> I've ever done. In I a, know. In my 35 in 30, years. <laughs> uh, I'd rather be with Steady Eddie August right now, playing the smooth jams at 10 p.m. at night right now over the quiet storm. But Eddie August. <laughs> um, so Dave and I went down to the BMW Championship. <laughs> And uh, it, it was great. And, and I'll let Dave jump in. Yeah, it, it, we went down there and we hung out with... VIP. I don't know about VIP. We had we had nice tickets and a little bit of access. Trophy club. Yeah. So there was one group, one threesome of Tiger Woods, um, Ricky Fowler, and Mr. Spieth, Jordan Spieth. And I'll tell you what. The course is pretty empty, Dave. I mean, we can pretty much go wherever we want, and even we want. even with that main group, you can pretty much get a rope seat to watch Tiger right there. It, wow. The place is pretty empty. It was 100 degrees, yeah. but it was empty. That typically happens in the fall, though, and that's why the PGA is changing their schedule up next year. The uh, FedEx Cup playoffs will be done before football season in the fall. People start turning toward football. They don't have vacation time anymore. So they realized that they had a problem with, with uh, turnout. Now, the turnout was a lot more robust on Friday and Saturday. Wow. Uh, they got rained out on Sunday and finished up on Monday. But I think, they'll, I think, I think that problem will be addressed going into next year. Well, it was a good time. It was a good time. We were our own power threes, and we had a, a good buddy of mine, John Norton, along for the ride. And uh, we had a lot of fun down there. And really the biggest problem we had all day, Parksy, is uh, – you know, Frank was a little slow keeping up, and uh, he was a bit of a troublemaker out on the court. <laughs> really? See, that's not yeah. true. That's not even true. Yeah. But believe yeah, this maybe. or not, we are up on a hole, and Tiger's near <laughs> us, and we're kind of up on a hill. Now, Dave has his Dave on, if you know what I mean. He's he's in the zone. He's right. ready to go. 
And remember I, my rules, Parksy? Remember no, my rules. That's right. Class, business class. Right. Well, no. Dave had his Dave on. So he's getting into it, right? So I looked at Dave's buddy and I was like, who is this guy? Like, he, he turns into a different guy. That's not true. Well, give me an example. He has two beers in him. He's a different guy. Like, I don't even recognize oh, him. Two so, say oh. Baba Louie. All right, I'll say uh, three or four beers. Okay. But he becomes this different, totally different guy that I've never seen before or that I even expected. Wow. Okay? So then we get up near this one hole. First, like, Dave's hanging on me, and he's, and he's like, he's he's just a different person that I don't <laughs> recognize. On, I was hanging on you? Yeah, you did the old fraternity, like, hey, buddy, we having fun, like, hanging on my shoulder and stuff like that. You're insane. Okay. So then we I get up. God, what? I don't care. It doesn't matter. You're on the phone. We can just hang up. <laughs> we, we get up near this one hall, and Tiger's right there, right? So Tiger hits this ball. Well, there's a cameraman in the middle between Dave and the green that Dave can't see the green. And Dave, I'll let you take the rest of the story to see if you tell an Uh-oh. honest version because Dave had some choice words for the cameraman, and then the cameraman back to Dave. And I'm like, I got scared. I got scared. Scared Listen, to death. One thing. The one thing you have to do as a guest at a golf course, at a golf tournament where you pay a lot of money for a ticket and transportation is you have to stick up for your rights when it comes to how the media covers a golf tournament. So when we're sitting at a par three and we are, we are closer to the tee box, uh, sort of, I'd say, uh, a quarter of the way down, yeah, looking bit. into the tee box, but also trying to look back at the hole where the ball lands. And the friggin' cameraman from Golf Channel is directly on the way. He's got two producers that are then standing to his right, completely blocking the green. So uh, whether I have one beer, four beers, or no beers, I'm going to call that out every time because as patrons, we cannot see the play. I didn't come there. I didn't go there just to see Tiger Woods tee off. I, will, I went there to see how he hits that shot onto the par three. And in no certain circum, in no certain terms, I let that guy have it. You know, hey, move <laughs> he your camera back. I got scared. Move your camera back. All right, and so he shot back at me like, "Hey, buddy, calm down." And I'm like, "I'm not calming down. I paid to be here, and we can't see anything." And no one else is talking. Now it's just Dave and this cameraman and a producer. And then all of a sudden, people are looking at each other. And I'm like, "I don't know this guy. I'm over here. I don't know what's going on." I could understand you, know you call you know him out, maybe the guy from the Hummelstown Sun Times with his Polaroid. Oh, no, this is a golf. This channel. was a freaking golf channel cameraman as producer. You called him Parksy. out. So what? What Frank isn't telling you, Parksy, is the volunteer on the rope line came up to me and agreed with me. Oh, she agreed with me. She thought that they were in the wrong place and in the way. Meanwhile, on the other side of the fairway where they were positioned were no cameras. They could have shot from that angle. But these cameramen are so stodgy in there and, and how they film a golf tournament that they conveniently get in people's way. They could have stood on the other side of the fairway, which I said, and then not gotten in anybody's way. Hmm. And we never would have had a fight. So I didn't mind giving him lip. And yeah. he's lucky I didn't give him more lip because he was a punk. Frank, as a member of the media... And with your media brethren, would yes. you have, would you have called out the uh, the cameraman and the producer with the Golf Channel? I would not have. <laughs> I mean, that, it was it was Tiger Woods. I mean, we were talking but about this awesome. Was- hold on, we were talking. We he is probably arguably the most popular and well known athlete in the world. Correct. There's him, him and Pat Perez. <laughs> Who's Pat Perez? 
remember me yelling for Pat Perez oh. on that on the 14th. Floor? I don't know. You were yelling a lot of things down there. <laughs> Beer man. <laughs> Pat Perez has the biggest. Yeah, so I was just waterfall haircut. Yeah, I was just happy to be, you know, get a good lean in over the rope and get a good shot of Tiger, and to be close to him. And you know, and when you see an athlete like that, who doesn't acknowledge the crowd, probably doesn't even see. It. Probably doesn't even see the crowd. I mean, we're probably all just a bunch of blurry faces. Yeah. So approximately how many people were like there at that oh, particular there's thousands. moment? But but what I'm saying is when they're that he has to walk right past people that yeah. are right there, right. yelling. Right. Everybody's phone is up in his face like this. Oh wow. I mean everybody. Yeah. Everybody has their phone up and wants that picture. Everybody. And you're standing approximately how far away probably from Probably just from me to you right now. About oh, 20, 10 yeah, feet, yeah, 10, no, 15 feet. Yeah. So you know, I was Very just happy. Sure. Yeah, I was just happy to get a view, and you know, we were just part of the mass. So, what am I going to say? Hey, this is Frank. I'm from I'm from I'm from Hershey with Dave <laughs> he, Latour. He watching. turned around. I was like, "Is that Frank Schofield there?" He turns yeah. to his caddy. What am I going to say? Hey, Tiger, and have him look at me and go thumbs up. Like, what's <laughs> nothing's going to happen like that? But You're the, not going to break that that mold. Yeah, there's that respect. Yeah. So, but it, it was a great time, and we had a wonderful time. Here's where the tragedy comes into play. All right. A tragedy. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Burt Reynolds, the news of Burt Reynolds oh. passed away. <laughs> hit hit Dave around five o'clock. Oh my god! So Dave doesn't want to follow the golf anymore. Dave sits down on the side of the fairway. I forgot with, about with that. his buddy. So now people are walking by. Here's Dave. John Norton. Hey, you know Burt Reynolds passed away. <laughs> Burt Reynolds died. Dave just starts yelling at everybody, telling them about how important it is. I wasn't yelling. Hey, you remember the longest yard? That was his film. Like, he's yelling no, at everybody. He's yelling That's at everybody. Little... He was Hooper. Remember Hooper? Oh, man, Hooper was the best. And Dave wants to let everybody know of what a tragedy, an American tragedy People is. Know that me, Burt so they Reynolds. didn't know whether to believe me or not. And I'm like, hey, Burt Reynolds died. Hey, bud. You, you were not that died. calm. Evening shade. Yeah. Uh, he's an iconic character, iconic actor. But see, for I mean, for you to quote, did did you actually quit. quote? Did you actually quote Hooper, or was did Frank bring up that? No, they were going through their phones, bringing up every stick. Oh man, did you ever watch Hooper? That that is one of the yeah. greatest movies of all time. And then he's like, <laughs> Dolly Parton says she's touched a, a lost friend. Like he's like yelling it out, like he's the official fan club president <laughs> of Burt Reynolds. <laughs> well, he might don't be. You think, don't you think it needed to be said? No. Yes. Like, he wasn't. I felt like I did. Frank, I felt like I did the right thing there in informing the populace. <laughs> I think you did too, Dave. I'm surprised that Frank didn't join in. Yeah, Frank didn't no, join Frank in. Frank was calm. <laughs> Frank was up in the bowl, like just enjoying, you know, watching all these people golf, enjoying the scene. Hey, how, how hot was it, though? Man, was I thought fun. I was going to die around noon. Really? Around noon, oh, yeah. It was so oppressive. I mean, we hung in there, man. I mean, nobody could ever say we were soft because, you know, to be drinking. To be drinking bloody movies and beers, walking a golf course in that type of hot weather and humidity. It was so hot. It was so hot, Dave. I didn't even go to the bathroom while I was on that golf course. Wow. Anything yeah, I drank, anything I drank just went right in me and evaporated or I worked it off. <laughs> you forgot the one thing that I did. Uh, so we're in the BMW Pavilion, and they have the they have the golf tournament on large screen, and people are sitting there to get out of the heat. <laughs> Tiger Woods is on 18, and he's sizing up a birdie putt. We're looking at the 18 through the tent. Like, we can see the green, and there's a delay on TV. So he makes the putt for birdie, and people start cheering. Nobody knows in the tent. So I just start yelling, he made it. He made it. <laughs> That's great. 
People got all ticked off. That's great. So I was talking to someone. Dave, I was talking to someone who lives down there. They said yeah. when that course was built, that when the when the when the members played the course this week, they had to take a mat with them and they have to hit off a mat yeah. off the fairways. Yeah, that's very common before a professional golf tournament. Uh, like the U.S. Open, you have to hit off of a mat for uh, you have to hit off of a, of a mat for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, it's amazing how these cities get built around these golf courses. When you see the bowls, I mean, they just shut that thing down to build these massive, massive structures. Wow. You know? Yep, yep, yep. No, no doubt about it. All right, no well, let's doubt. let's take a time out, and uh, we're gonna talk a little weather coming up in a little bit with uh, Dan Tomaso uh, from WHTM. You're listening to Latour Live, and we'll be right back. Tour Live lives on our podcast page at whp580.com. All right, we're back with Latour Live. Uh, Dave's going to take a little break here from a second from a, an event-filled day here in the studio <laughs> at Latour Live. I just, and I, I, like I said, I've done a million shows. Yes. I've done Coffee in the Jammer. I've done Bruce. <laughs> I've done my own. I've done a million things. I work with Dan Kamal. I worked everywhere. This is a show today. Like I've <laughs> it will never. Live, it will live in infamy. It's like a hurricane. It is. Which brings us to our next guest, ladies and gentlemen, from WHTM Channel Twenty Seven, Dan Tomaso. Dan, welcome to the show here today, Latour Live. You think life is chaos for you guys? I mean, this summer has just been chaos. Anything weather-wise in the Mid-Atlantic, it has not been a settled summer whatsoever. Dan, this has probably been and. I, I brought this up earlier in the show. The people at Tri-County Boat Club that are down there, they have never seen a summer like that we have seen, whether it be the river height, the amount of rain every weekend or every day that we get. I think, has humidity been south of 60% for like maybe 60 days? It's crazy how I'll, just I'll, I'll wet it is. I'll tell you what. Yeah, no, I, the, nor- the Northeast, the Mid-Atlantic, the Mid-Atlantic states this summer have just been an absolute mess. I mean, you just mentioned the humidity. It's been nonstop, um, whether it's, coming from the east or coming from the south, it just seems like it's hard to get a crisp, sunny day. When you wake up and you see the haze on the horizon yeah. or you see these gray skies, I mean, the atmosphere is just moisture-loaded, and that's why every time it rains, it comes down in buckets, no matter what we're trying to do. Yeah. Is there, like, a pattern over us? Or is, there, is there a channel or one of those? Can you relate it to, like, I think, I think before it was, like, El Nino or these patterns, like, flow and then stay and then form? Sure. Is that what's happening here the past well, couple of months? so... Yeah, you know, the past couple of months, July and August, were unique because of all the wildfires out west. And usually when you look west, especially toward the Pacific Ocean, you get kind of an indication of how our weather is going to change. And they were sitting under dry, high pressure, this big ridge of high pressure overall. To the east, there was an area of low pressure and a trough where we are, and that just kept all the storms flowing in our direction. We were in a nonstop storm track. I mean, essentially, it was one after another. You know, usually in the springtime, you get maybe two or three days of a break from rain. Right. But that continued into the summer. We, you know, a normal summer, we can go seven, ten days normally without rain. Right. And it just felt like, you know, every two or three, we were getting the next, you know, big rain event. Speaking of all this rain that we had, and this is a side question, are the leaves, the fall foliage, are they going to be more colorful because of all the rain that we've had these past two months? Good yeah, question, Frank. So I've, got, I've gotten that question already before from a viewer that lives in Fishing Creek Valley, and they're religious about sending us uh, yeah. foliage pictures. And they want to know the same thing. In theory, yes, 
But as you get closer to the time when the leaves turn end of September into October, it's really the cold nights that make the difference. And if you get a cold snap, uh, really? it can certainly affect things. Yeah, I mean, you could have the wettest summer on record leading into it, which, by the way, we have the second wettest. But the nighttime temperatures and then the wind during the day are usually the biggest determining factors how things change for us color-wise. How do those trees know when to drop them leaves and stuff with the weather being so screwed up as they are right now? Because I see well, my, I think, my trees are starting to drop now, and I'm like, how do they even know? It's been a mess. I think they're giving up. I think just like everybody's <laughs> waving the white flag, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Dan, you working with weather as close as you do, you do a great job on Channel 27 WHTM. You, you. you do a phenomenal job. I follow you regularly, and I know what you're up to. Um, what weather, like for someone that follows weather, I got like 10 apps on my phone. What's the best weather app? What's the, What do the pros use as far as weather apps when I want to figure out something for myself, and I don't want to wait till uh, 6 o'clock when you're on? Well, the biggest thing I use and the most useful most useful app on my phone, period, is Radar Scope. Um, Radar Scope's a paid app. You pay for it once, ten bucks, and it gives you the radar feed that we can get back in the station. So it's literally the the high res radar data that we use every day. But you can pull it up in a matter of seconds on your phone. Right. No, that sounds that sounds. I mean, I use I use a bunch of other ones. Dark skies, dark skies, dark skies is one. There's a carrot one, and there's a bunch a of other. There is. There's a bunch of stupid apps. You know, Storm Tracker. I use that one. Wonderground, Weatherbug. I mean, there, there's a ton of them out there. Well, I think Dan probably yeah. the other thing we want to ask you too. How has that changed? Uh, you know, you guys on on TV now. It's it's no longer. You know, like Frank said, we don't have to wait until six o'clock. You have a a weather app along with the other local stations. But like your weather app, you could access it any time tell us how you update those and and what a resource that is for uh, for viewers and listeners yeah so i joined the station almost 10 years ago now and since i've joined we've just added more and more pieces whether it's the facebook and twitter updates that we do i mean you're basically eating breathing weather when you're in this job and that's the kind of information they want out and about so then we add on to it the weather app which we custom our hourly forecast so any hourly forecast you get are our local forecast it's not a computer it's literally us going in and saying okay at 8 p.m this is what's going to happen at 10 p.m this and we just keep going and going and then of course the video aspect of it too the people want video forecasts so that's on the app too and again those we're pushing all those out there we don't have you know like a staff to do that so it's literally the four of us taking care of all those updates so it, it is a little bit non-stop so we saw the hurricane that did some, you know, a t- ton of devastation last year to Puerto Rico. Florence is coming in right now. And I was kind of alarmed when I heard, you know, meteorologists and people in the know saying, this is really, really bad of what's coming in. Usually one that comes up this high usually kind of stays uh, not as strong as the ones that are down low near Florida or down near the Korea. What makes the Florence so bad from what you're seeing? So Florence essentially moved into an area where there was little wind shear and wind shear tends to tear a storm apart. So the storm was able to keep strengthening, keep going, and it moved over very warm water. And as we know in the summertime when it's warm and humid, that's when we get the strongest thunderstorms. Well, over the ocean, you have an infinite amount of warm and humid air. So it's just fuel for that storm to keep going. Now, as it kind of sits and spins over the shelf waters there, the Carolinas, and as it goes over land, then you start getting the land interaction with the storms, and it's not so perfect anymore. And that's when the storm does kind of you know rip itself apart in a sense. So, you know, it, it's the perfect time of the year. The ocean waters 
normally don't get much warmer than what they're at now. So it, it, it not that it ran into perfect conditions necessarily, but pretty darn close. Well, define how a hurricane. You know, we all think, okay, a hurricane, and it just goes out in the water. How does it start? What causes it to start? And give us, kind yeah. of put it into uh, terms we can understand. So, believe it or not, a lot of the hurricanes that we see that turn into big giants um, start all the way along the coast of Africa, the western coast. And a storm disturbance, just like we would see here in the United States, will actually come off the land, move over the ocean waters where it's more conducive, uh, more favorable for the rest of the storm done to take shape. And it just continues over those warm tropical Atlantic waters for thousands of miles. So it has all that time to develop and mature. And again, because there's nothing really to stop it unless it hits you know, an island or land, it's just going to keep growing. Now, sometimes it'll get dry air mixed into it, or maybe it'll go into an area where there's more wind shear that can tear the storm apart. But in general, yeah, in general, uh, you know, it, it has all that time, you know, whether it's a week, week and a half to just keep growing. Why does it go? Why does it go in a circle? Oh, so why does it go in a circle? That's mostly because the Earth is spinning. So without the Earth spinning, we don't have no much kidding. spin. Yeah. So What's wrong with you, Parks? <laughs> the Coriolis force. It's the old thing, you know, if you flush a toilet in the northern hemisphere, it goes one way. You flush it in the southern hemisphere, it goes the other way. Wow. That's actually a, a myth. It's actually a myth. It's not true. Oh, but okay. it's how we explain to the kids how the Coriolis force works, that you get the spin in the air, the motion with the Earth. And that's what actually causes low-pressure systems, say, a hurricane to spin. Only on the Dave Latour show will you get answers like that, Frank. It spins. <laughs> it spins. Dan, uh, you know, most meteorologists, weather guys, you always see that picture. You're on the rain slicker. You know, the hood's over your head. You're holding on. Branches are flying by and stuff like that. Can you Do you remember your first time when you were in, like, really bad weather reporting back to a TV sure. station? Any stories about maybe a picnic table flying by or you just missing a pan that was going to hit you in the head or anything like that? Not necessarily severe weather like that, but snowstorms are the most memorable no matter what. That's when we live at the station, essentially. So right. we're here forever. And my first one was when I was 19, turning 20, that winter of 2009, 2010, with the back-to-back storms that just dumped uh, two feet of snow on us back-to-back. Yeah. And again, we just lived here for basically a week. And just countless weather hits, countless outside things, playing in the snow, measuring the snow. All of it. And, you know, it's just it, you kind of bond with your coworkers through all that because you're all going through it. And at the same time, no one else is out in the storm except for us. How, <laughs> so how, how that do you make it most memorable? How do you guys schedule those out? Like, is it always the senior guy? Look, senior guys back at home base. We're sending the new guys way out on Cameron Street. I mean, how do you guys That's work that much, out? Yeah. The youngest usually goes out. And then, you know, the, the more senior person is stuck here. So that's that's generally how it works. Well, hey, listen, guys, I'm sorry, but my time is running short here. We have a shoot to, to actually go here, but All I right. appreciate this interview so much. No, thank you, Dan. We appreciate uh, for being with us, and everybody will check you out on uh, Channel 27 WHTM News. You do a great job. Tell Mr. Mace and Mr. Owens that Mr. Schofield says hello. Will do. Thank All you, right. guys. Thank you. Take care. That's Dan Tommaso from WHTM. All right, let's take a time out. We'll get Davey back up on the phone. You're listening to Latour Live. Be right back. Welcome back. Latour Live. 
And uh, rejoining us right now is uh, Mr. Dave Latour. Dave, uh, Dan Tommaso, great interview with him. And uh, he told us everything we need to know about hurricanes and about central Pennsylvania weather. He was tremendous. I wish I'd remember that term right. he used. I don't know. Sorry, I uh, sorry, I missed the interview. Well, you There's can listen to difficulties. it. You can listen to it on the podcast. Dave. Check it out. <laughs> uh, good, good, I good. I'll listen to my show that I wasn't part of. Well, Dave, maybe it's a power shift that's happening right now. Maybe you don't know about <laughs> it. Maybe that's what's going on here. You know, you, you are go, an icon. You go to Idaho, come back, and every, all the world you know, has changed. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been quite all right, Dave. Um, segment that you always do on a regular basis. What are you watching right now, buddy? Well, a couple things. Number one, I'll do a slight tangent here. I'm I'm going to be looking to watch what's going on with the new iPhone that's being rolled out today. I'm an Apple junkie for sure. Appleholic. But I, yeah, but I have to t- – Appleholic, I like that. <laughs> but I have to tell you, I've been really disappointed with what they've been coming out recently. Oh, yeah. And and I just I just don't think they're it's been as groundbreaking anymore. And I'm already seeing stuff online, you know, uh, perusing Twitter that – it looks like the Apple X or the iPhone XS that's coming out is pretty much the same thing as the it's a little square as the iPhone X. I mean, yeah, and, may, and maybe a little faster, but no really groundbreaking features. So I really hope they lower the price for consumers because right now they're selling Apple X's for a thousand dollars. Well, the uh, and the stock market's reacting appropriately. It's taking a little bit of a shot down right now as we which, look at which the, really. Which yeah. really disappoints me because I'm loaded with Apple in my investment portfolio. Well, then maybe you got to get your kids one last gift <laughs> at Christmas. So I'm waiting for that. And then uh, when, I'm, when I'm flying home tomorrow, I'll continue to watch a show that aired over the winter on TNT. And it's called The Alienist. Based yeah. On, based on, you know, they're trying to catch a serial killer in uh, late 19th century New York City. I think it's fascinating. It's it's so it's so dedicated to to historical accuracy. It's just a fantastic, scary, I think riveting um, uh, show. And I'm just looking forward to catching the last four episodes of it. And then coming this Friday on Hulu is a new is believe it or not, Sean Penn is starring in his first television series. Yeah, and it and it's called The First, and he's an astronaut who. Had a falling out at NASA, wanted to be part of the first Mars mission. Bottom line is he was kicked out. The mission didn't go well, and he's being brought back in to go out there and find out what the heck happened. It's gotten gotten really good reviews, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the first. How about you? Hey, Dave, can you name all the Mercury astronauts, the seven astronauts for the Mercury mission? Do you know? (laughs) No, no. No idea from the right stuff? How Scott Carpenter, Gordo Cooper? John Glenn? No. Oh, okay. No. Uh, no. I'm finishing up. I'm finishing up Ozark. Um, but you didn't yeah, like it. Get on that. I'm on. You said to jump the shark. It's some. Uh, see, so, you oh, you're fo- now. He's following me on Twitter. That's what he's doing. That's what oh, doing. Oh, oh. I feel that something happened. You know how every series, Dave, that's out there, there's always that one throwaway episode. It's around seven or eight. Oh, okay. Where you don't know what they're doing. It's like, was this was this episode even necessary? You yes. Know? They always yeah. have that one episode that you're like, and it's always late. It's always like seven or eight. Like they had it in. Uh, they had it in. Uh, what was the one show we were watching on HBO? Um, what were we just watching? Season two, where they had the whole episode about the Indian. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Westworld. 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 Yeah, it had that. But but I'm pretty world. happy. I'm pretty happy with uh, Ozark. I like Marty Bird. I think Marty Bird's a good guy. 
just trying to do the good thing. And well, I he think got screwed. The whole the whole story is he got screwed. He wasn't even part of this. You know, his partner did it. His partner got executed, and he got left holding the bag. Right. You know, I mean, so he's trying to survive through something that was no fault of his own. So I, it is a fascinating show. I'm still looking. I'm looking for that next one. I'm considering jumping on the uh, Jim Halpert uh, kills bad guys show. Um, oh, Jack Ryan. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm still considering that. I can't Jack get by Ryan that he's from the fun watch. Zach Ryan, or Jack Ryan is a fun watch. You know, you'll have some you know good action in there, some great dialogue. Some of the things will be predictable, but that's just kind of the way it is. But I, I think it's I think it's fun to watch. Any surprises? I, I like surprises. Some surprises. You're definitely thrown for the loop at a couple times. Absolutely. You're you yeah yeah. yeah I, I definitely think it's worth the investment of your time. And you know. Um, so I'm just trying to figure what my next show is, you know? Could I ask yeah. you guys, not to switch subjects, could I ask you guys for some advice? Yeah, you want to do Game oh, of Thrones, geez. but you don't want to invest in, the, in nine <laughs> seasons. Scary. I've heard that a million times. No. What? Scary. All right, so uh, so I was coming into work the other day, and all of a sudden I was wearing a hat, oh my God. And, and one of our colleagues came in to me, and she goes, I'm going to smack that hat right off your head. And I go, why? Whoa. And she goes, it's got the Nike swoosh on it. And I go, okay, and I thought she was joking. Yeah. So then I'm at an interview with a client. I'm at an interview with a client. It's Nancy Ryan. And they go through (laughs) this whole thing about the Nike thing and how they're boycotting. They bought all this stuff and they throw it down. So I'm sitting there getting ready, preparing to go up to the Penn State game on Saturday. And I go, I got to take a jacket, a raincoat. So I know I have this nice Nike jacket. And I started thinking twice. I go, what's going to happen if I wear that up there with Nike? written across the back nobody cares let me just say that nobody cares penn state is officially that they have an official contract long time they're a legacy contract with nike so most of the apparel and things that you will see up there that people will be wearing will be nike penn state gear so i don't think you have any issues up there if somebody has a problem up there who cares you're michael parks you know who cares you're tough but you yeah, haven't. You're not worried about these people. But you haven't. Uh, you haven't seen this uproar over this Nike. No, I haven't seen it. I see it in the news. No, but I'll I'm see kind it. of surprised. Nobody cares. That. Yeah, good. I don't think anybody cares. Well, to be honest with you. hey, look, I talked about this. Uh, I think on last week's show. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't have any problems with what Colin Kaepernick did until he wore socks that, that portrayed police officers as pigs, okay? I don't think he's a hero. I don't think he's anything along those lines. I don't think he sacrificed anything. He was a backup quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. But like I said, Nike, it was always about the dollar signs with them. It was always about the dollar signs. And guess what? Their sales are up 31%, 31% since this was announced. It was always about the dollars. They researched this so thoroughly they knew what was going to happen right. and it's happened so so bottom line according to that sales according to those sales numbers you're good to go parks because more people be wearing nike gear up there there you go yeah buddy thank you thank you you guys yeah just 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 figure it out and get through it hey um <laughs> dave hey, you're one you, last thing, you're cap- one last thing I go would, ahead one last thing i want to say about 9-11 we, we sort of it, it occurred to me um imagine if on 9-11 when those planes hit those towers in the Pentagon and crashed in, in rural Pennsylvania. Imagine if we had Twitter and Facebook. Mm. 
and the social media that we did. I don't even you want to think about on it. it, Frank. You kind of touched on it, Frank. But you know, to me, I kind of that sends a that that kind of sends a chill down my spine to think about people trapped in those towers tweeting out what was going on. And I mean, it, it shows you how much the world has changed in only seventeen years. How dramatically different it is. I, and when I you just see point that out. When you see, when I was watching those TV shows, you just see the way people were dressed, how they acted. I was like, I was like, wow, that world is now becoming removed from where we are now. Mm-hmm. Like at least in my yeah. head or my perception. Hey, uh, I know you're captain. Two minutes. I know you're captain media. Uh, Les Moonves, um, he gets dismissed from CBS. Your thoughts on how that's being handled? Uh, truly, one, someone that you know, this guy ran a network for how many years? Very powerful individual, just like you know. Everybody, Weinstein and a bunch of these other guys. Your thoughts on the Les Moonves? How's being handled? I think it's time. I think it's time to pay the piper. I think all these men who built their careers by intimidating women and exerting their power over them are getting what's coming to them, and what now you- they're going to live. They're going to live a life of isolation, and they deserve to be ostracized. He deserves to be fired. And, you know, the whole question now is what kind of parachute does he get? They were talking about a $120 million payout or something like that. Yeah. Uh, look, I understand that he made CBS a lot of money, but at some point you got to take a stand and go, let me get this straight. You embarrassed the company. Um, you uh, uh, basically sexually assaulted women, according to the accusations that are out there in the reports. Uh, it's all alleged. What do you do with uh, Julie point. Chen? What are you going to do with her? What are you going to do with Julie Chen? Well, she took a leave of absence from the talk, um, and I think rightly so. Uh, she should not be put into the position where she has to defend her husband uh, because she probably uh, because she's probably concerned about whether these rumors are true or not. So I don't know what you do with Julie Chen. I I don't know. I don't I I don't think she should lose her job because of what happened, what her husband did before they were married. And I mean that remains to be seen, doesn't it? Yeah. Bring it home. Bring it home, boys. All right, that's all we got for the show here today. Dave, thanks very much for checking in. You'll be back in well, studio look, next week. Look, I, I love being with you guys. Let's just go Tottenham Hotspur beat Liverpool this weekend. All right, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Latour Live. Mr. Parks, thank you very much, and you thanks welcome. to all the listeners, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Go Bears. Tottenham are the greatest team the world has ever seen. Tottenham are